If you would turn to Matthew 23, we'll be there in just a moment. Uh, I'd like for us this morning to uh, handle an interesting subject that's good to look at from time to time. And that is what the Word of God has to say about relationships. Um, the Bible has a lot to say about relationships, more than you might think. Uh, there are a number of passages in the New Testament. We're going to uh, look at some of these passages together. I would say again that the key passage with regards to um, God's call to us to have good relationships is found in Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40, if you would follow along as I read it. 2236, a scribe, an expert in the Old Testament law, said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What he was, Jesus was saying is the whole Old Testament can be summarized in these two verses. Love the Lord and love others. Now, this is, this is beautiful to see. And uh, when we see that the Word of God again says that we are to love our Lord, well, that's the most important relationship, right, that we have. So I looked at it and I said, well, how's my love for the Lord? Me. Is my love for the Lord uh, what it should be? Do I love the Lord more than all others? The psalmist said, and he used this phrase, my soul follows hard after God. And the writer A.W. Tozer, he looked at that verse and he said, well, that's certainly not true of me. My soul doesn't follow hard after God. Um, I, I love the Lord, but do I really love him like I should? And it spurred him on uh, to write a book on the attributes of God and the importance of having a relationship with God. And one of the beautiful things this morning is that we can say, as we're here this morning, you know, I do love the Lord, and my love for the Lord is growing, and I, I want to uh, allow nothing to interfere. Remember, uh, the Lord said, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. And uh, we, we do need to be careful. We, re we really need to be careful that we don't allow anything or any person or any opportunities uh, to uh, come before our love for the Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then, of course, the loving others as ourselves. Uh, this is uh, very, very important and very significant. Now, I believe in the New Testament, in that passage which we read this morning from uh, Romans chapter 12, we have another key verse with regards to our responsibility, with regards to loving others. And that's Ephesians, uh, not only the Romans 12 passage, but Ephesians 4.32, which says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now, along the way this morning, what I'm going to talk about is the three key words that you want to remember. Because we're going to go through, we're going to look at these one another phrases. And there could be as high as 30 of them in the New Testament. But I think if you'll think of three, it'll really help us to be 
having good relationships with others when we realize that the Lord says, here's how you do it. And we're going to look at these. Do we, some of you use the Daily Bread devotional uh, for your daily devotions? And um, it, it's a great tool. It really is. One of the things uh, good about the Daily Bread devotional there in foyer and hallway, if you don't have yours for uh, right now, uh, it takes you, moves you around in the Bible so that you're looking at one passage one day, you're looking at another passage another day. Also, there's a guide for reading through the Bible there. But yesterday's was called, We Need Each Other. Now, whoever wrote that didn't know that we were going to talk about that this morning. He didn't know it. But um, we need each other. And he began talking about a plant that was has been called deer moss. I thought that was really interesting. And uh, he mentioned the fact that the deer moss is actually a lichen, L-I-C-H-E-N, which is a fungus and an algae. And they grow together, both organism, organisms, and they benefit each other. In fact, this plant with the fungus and the algae, they can't really survive on their own, this particular plant and how it's viewed. They can't survive with being together. And it's kind of an illustration of human relationships. We need each other to flourish in the body of Christ. We need each other to flourish in this world. Uh, we need to have good relationships, and the Word of God encourages that in many, many places. Now, I do want to look at that Colossians 3 that I was mentioning. I'm going to look at another section. If you want to turn with me, Colossians chapter 3. We will move around some in the Scriptures this morning. Colossians chapter 3 and verses 12 through 15. And notice what he says here again. Notice the exhortation. He's talking to believers. 3.12 Therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, okay, that's us, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. In other words, love, he's saying in that last verse, verse 14, binds us together in perfect harmony in the body of Christ if we have that love that we have been singing about this morning. I want you to notice in this little section of Scripture, and it's in other sections as well, that there are three words I think stand out. <clears throat> the first word, of course, is found in verse 14, <clears throat> and it's the word love, and we'll be talking about defining this. The other word is in verse 13, forgiving or forgiveness. <clears throat> and the third word is humility, love, forgiveness, and humility. Now, you say, well, why are you mentioning those three? Because they are found in these various sections of exhortation in Scripture. Those three words. Now, there are others that are mentioned, and we'll look at the others. But love, forgiveness, and humility. And I've tried to put them in top in my thinking that these are the three that God wants to see in our lives. And you say, well, why, why would we want to look at that? Because it's possible that we could fall into the trap of not forgiving others. Chuck Swindoll said not too many weeks ago on his daily broadcast, he says, if there's one subject that I handle 
in messages which brings a tremendous response is hitting the subject of forgiveness because he said I have had many in the fellowship who said oh you touched on that subject and I'm one who has been failing to forgive someone else in my life and uh, we, we do need to be careful we really do forgiveness is essential to maintaining good relationships and we'll talk about this a little bit further on in the message God wants us to maintain healthy relationships even with those who seem to be impossible to have a good relationship with now we're starting to get deep here uh, we better have some solutions from the word of God there's a book written by Les Parrott and it's called High Maintenance Relationships it's about relationships that it's not easy to relate to these people now I'm going to give you these categories and I'm not doing it so that you can say hey wait a minute am I one of them I hope not <laughs> but let's listen to these these are really interesting in fact he, listen he wrote a whole book to encourage people to minister to one another to have good relationships with others in the, especially in the body of Christ but in our world Okay. Um, first of all it's difficult sometimes to have a relationship with the critic constantly someone complaining giving unwanted advice the martyr someone who's forever a victim filled with self pity the wet blanket this is terrible to go over these things the wet blanket, someone who's pessimistic and automatically negative. The steamroller, someone who's blindly insensitive to others and just steams through subjects. The gossip, someone who spreads rumors and leaks secrets. I guess there's some of them in Washington, D.C., huh? <laughs> the control freak, someone who really wants to have control of situations in a big time sense the backstabber someone who is two-faced the volcano someone who builds up steam and is ready to erupt the sponge someone who's constantly in need but gives little attention to others the workhorse someone who's always pushing and never satisfied with what is done wow that's kind of quite a category of people thank you lord i hope I don't find myself in there I hope through the grace of God right if you look into the word of God you'll see that there's biblical truth that allows us to say Lord I can have good relationships with other people you can use me to encourage others who may even be in one of these categories that we just mentioned one of the most important indicators of the joy that we have in the Christian life and the quality of life that we have comes from answering this basic question, who am I? Very important. And the idea is, I can relate well to others because of my position as a child of God. You know, um, you've probably heard this before. The Lord never asks us to do anything that he doesn't and is not willing to give us the power and enablement to do it. God wants us to have good relationship with others. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them he gives the right to become the children of God. So this morning, we who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're children of God. 
First John 3, 1 says this. Boy, John took this a step farther when he said, See what great love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Isn't that neat to know? That you're a child of God, you belong to Him, and there's all kinds of ramifications of this. You're loved, you're cared for, He's watching over you, you're protected, and He gives you the enablement to live with others in a good relationship. He really does. In fact, uh, Romans 8, 7, uh, the Apostle Paul said, it's 17, I'm sorry, if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ. You and I as believers were very much so valued by the Lord because we are his children. Now as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is truth that you know, but the reminder is important because it's going to help us in our relationship with others. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you are the temple of God's dwelling. The Lord lives within you. Wherever you go, you have you take God with you. First. Uh, Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives within you and because that is true God gives us the responsibility because God has been pleased to not only save us from our sins promise to take us to heaven but he comes to live within us and that's beautiful to understand and in light of that In light of the fact that he lives within us, he wants us to take care of our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. Now, I'm going to mention a phrase which some people say, wow, is that a good phrase to use? It really is. Listen, self-care. Does God want us to take care of ourselves? If we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, doesn't he want us to take care of our bodies? Doesn't he want us to take care of our minds? Doesn't he want us to take care of our relationships? You know the answer to that. In fact, taking good care of yourself is one of the best things you can do. Don't miss this now. You take care of yourself, your body. You take care of yourself, your mind and thinking. You watch out for your own needs. That's a relationship. You relate to yourself before God. You take care of yourself. You take care of yourself so that you can do for your family, friends, and others what God wants you to do. If you neglect yourself, how are you going to take good care of your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, friends? You see the point of that? In fact, this point is brought out, and I I barely got into the book, but it's called The DNA of Relationships by um, Gary Smalley. And his point is, We need as believers to take care of our own spiritual lives, to take care of our bodies because we're temples of the Holy Spirit. I think that's been well said. Probably one of the great examples of this in the the everyday activity of our society is when a person gets on a plane and the stewardess says, if there's some trouble and uh, you have to uh, put your seatbelts back on, if there's uh, some turbulence, Put your seatbelt on first and then on your child or somebody who's with you. Get the point? I think that's a good illustration. It really is. So we are those who are the uh, temple of the Holy Spirit. There's many verses in the Bible that encourage us as believers to take care of ourselves. In fact, one that uh, I learned many years ago, uh, 1 Timothy 4.16, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. 
and continue in them, for in so doing you will save both yourselves and those who hear you. (laughs) What's he telling Timothy? He says, take heed to yourself. Not just the Word of God, not just your study in the Word of God to share it with others. Take care of yourself. Timothy, make sure you're right before God. Make sure your heart is right in relationship to others. And uh, we who share the Word of God, we have tremendous responsibility to make sure our our hearts are right before the Lord. Also, as believers, we're members of the body of Christ. And, And it's interesting how the Lord keeps moving in relationship to reminding us to have good relationships. Wait to hear this one. We know we're members of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, the New Living Translation takes it this way. Now, all of you together are Christ's body. He's the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. And each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Necessary. You see, sometimes even Christians get to the place where they think, well, you know, the church doesn't need me. Others don't need me. And you know what the right answer to that is? Yes, they do. Absolutely, yes, they do. We need one another in the family of God. Very important. Vitally important. And then also because of our position in Christ, because of uh, our identity in Christ, which we always need to keep in mind. I remember um, when someone asked you, who are you? Do you remember the vice president when he was just coming into office? Uh, he was asked, who are you? And he said, uh, well, first of all, I'm a Christian. Remember he said that? I thought, yes. We need to hear that more, don't we? First, I'm a Christian. We need to hear it. First, we're children of God. That's who we are. And because we're children of God, we can focus on building up others in the faith. We can encourage others in the family of God. See, the point is, relationships can bring us more joy than anything else in life. But at the same time, relationships can bring great pain into our lives. And when relationships are doing well, they bring us support, affirmation, and companionship. But when relationships are not going well, it seems like it affects many, many other areas of life. We want our relationships to go well. We really do. When considering the subject of relationships, you can rightly say, you know, what does the Word of God say? You know, I can't see that clock anymore back there. Is that right? He said, I'm five after right now. Is that right? See why I can't see the clock? Because that's what I think it says. Okay, I'll pull things around. (laughs) We answer questions like, what does it mean to love others? How does humility or lack of humility affect my relationships? What does it mean to have respect of persons? How can I truly forgive others? All these things are very necessary as we think of the subject of relationships. You know, when you look at the list in the New Testament, you see that in the list, almost always at the top of the list is the word love. 
We're to love each other. In fact, what we need more than anything else, both in the body of Christ and in our world today, is genuine love being shown to one another. And someone as well said this. I like this. I really did. It's not just social connection or being nice to others. It's showing genuine concern and compassion for others. Very, very interesting. Love one another. Ryrie, Charles Ryrie is a, a, a great theologian. He's with the Lord now. And he said when he defined love, love is um, that which seeks the highest good in the other person. In other words, you really want to really seek what's best for someone that you have great affection for. Chip Ingram put it this way in his book on relationships. He said, love is giving another person, don't miss this now, what they need most. Oh, it gets worse. Actually, it gets better. When they least deserve it and at great personal cost. That's worth repeating. Chip Ingram said, Love is giving another person what they need most when they deserve it least and at great personal cost. There are many, many verses in the New Testament talk about love. Romans 13, 8, Love one another, for love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 13, 10, Love does no harm to a neighbor, but is fulfillment of the law. So love's at the top of the list in many sections of Scripture. That's the first major word. The second major word is forgiveness. Now listen, let's be honest. I have to ask myself, when I read the Word of God, before I come and share it with you, Lord, uh, what's this saying to me? I have to ask myself, is there someone in my family? Is there someone in my circle of friends? Is there someone in my church family? Is there someone that I know out in the community that I have failed to forgive? I need to be very careful. I really do. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Forgiveness, what's it mean? It means to cease from having resentment against an offender. So here's someone who's hurt you. And by the way, listen, I'm on your side. I know people in this very fellowship who have been hurt, who have had things done to them, and probably most of us here have at one time or another, have had something done to you, and you say, I can't forgive that person. Let me just put this in right at this point. We can forgive through the power of Christ. Right? Is that true or false? I can do all things through Christ who... So he does give us the strength to do it. I found the testimony, and I've got to read this before we close in prayer. I found the testimony of Corey Tenboon. Remember, she was uh, in a concentration camp in Germany and um, woefully mistreated her and her sister. Her sister died there in a prison camp. And uh, she um, was speaking one time after she was released from prison. And she saw at the end of her message, she saw this... German soldier come up to her, walked up there. She, he, he was one of the German soldiers that mistreated her sister. Some of you have read this story called The Hiding Place. And I'll tell you, it's beautiful how the Lord took Corey's thoughts 
and turn them around. And you got to hear this, just very brief. This German soldier came up the court. She had just given a message from the Word of God. And she goes down, and she sees him coming. And he came up to her, and he stuck his hand out. Apparently, if I remember correctly the story, he had come to faith in Jesus Christ. Wait till you hear what Corey says. Now, here's this soldier that hurt her, hurt her sister. Here's what she says. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. Was that how to pray? (laughs) I mean, that's beautiful. Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. Jesus, I cannot forgive him on my own. Give me your forgiveness. And so I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness anymore than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges. But it's on His forgiveness and goodness. When the Lord tells us to love our enemies, He gives us, along with the command, the love itself. Wow. That's powerful. It really is. That's a real example of someone who had every reason from the human standpoint to hate that German soldier. But she said when he first appeared, there was that struggle. But when she said, Lord, I need your help, God gave it. Let's close in prayer.